Are you ready for this? Yes. Is Take this two. Take two. Okay. Let's rock and roll. Welcome everyone, one and all to our kids asleep. This is uh, Jaime and I'm here with my wife, Maddie. That's how you used to say it. Hey remember? guys. <laughs> what? Oh we, yeah. We yeah, introduce- yeah. Yeah. I'm Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> it was before I knew I had to talk at full before, volume. Yeah. Yeah. Just to take advantage of these dynamic not lengths. used to it. So, uh, today is a very special episode because we're going to talk about politics. We're going to talk about one funny movie and one sad movie, and I'm going to leave it to Maddie to decide which one we're going to talk about first. Yeah. I think we should talk about the drama first. Excellent. Because it'd be good to end on a happy note. Yeah. Let's talk about Bad Education, which is a movie that we got to watch on HBO. Thanks to Austin, who is the best. Thank you so much, Austin, for letting us borrow HBO Max and enjoy the awesome premium experience of a subscription channel that mm-hmm. we do not have. So tell us, Maddie, what was this movie about? So Bad Education is about a school on Long Island, in New York. And um, so the movie stars Hugh Jackman as the school uh, superintendent for this district in Long yes. Island. And uh, another big name in the movie is Allison Janney, who plays like his, I don't know. She's like the the numbers person, like her her, um, administrative. Yeah. um, Her financial person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Whatever her title was. But she, so the movie is essentially about uh, dubious deeds done (laughs) to the school district by the administrators. And just involves like them stealing a lot of money and, yeah. and all that. What what ensues after that happens? And right. So let's talk about the the initial reactions before we give anything away. We're going to try to keep it pretty civil so that we don't give away a lot of things. But for the most part, let's begin right now with your reaction to this movie. Like when we got done watching it, what was what was going on through your mind? Um, it's. It was a sad, I felt sad because uh, Hugh Jackman's character, who is the superintendent, it's one of those things where you can tell that he really did care about the kids mm. and he really cared about the school and, you know, the, his, the schools in yeah. his district and stuff. And, and it was just like a case of, I don't know, like hubris or well, just you know, misguided you know what i think i i really walked away uh feeling like was knowing that <laughs> two things actually teachers are horribly underpaid and mm-hmm. and folks in in the school system are horribly underpaid except for the administrators mm-hmm. like the top folks and if you really look at um sort of what it, what it the core of this movie was it was about the image thing and you mentioned this to me when we first got done with it how destructive this this sense of status is even mm-hmm. in in the areas of of american life that you wouldn't think are, are affected by by mm-hmm. this and and in this particular setting they were in a fairly affluent place it seemed and they needed to sort of maintain i think they were surrounded by affluent areas yeah and so yeah. the school itself maybe wasn't um they were trying to maintain an image that maybe they didn't they didn't have before 
but they were trying to climb yeah. to that status. Yeah, and they were so trying to get to number one. I, I found it very interesting that that was sort of the the driving force of this whole thing. It wasn't the kids' education. It wasn't you know trying to provide the best education possible. It was we have to be we have to be like the best mm-hmm. or appear to be the best if we're not the best. Yeah, and and I think that it's it's sort of a, an emblematic moment because that's kind of what everything is right now too Mm. in american life and no matter what the what status you're at you're aspiring to be something that you're not something supposedly quote-unquote better than what you are and that leads you to or that leads us as as a society to and end up showing the the worst about us yeah and i the Uh, more i thought about it the more i was like well does he re- do they really care about the kids or is that just kind of a front? Yeah. You know, is that sort of an excuse, which it is in a lot of cases. Like, right. I care about these kids. That's why I did these things. And it's like, well, is that really <laughs> why you did it? Because yeah. it seems like a pretty, it seems like you went pretty far. And that was a thing that I felt the movie handled so well is for a moment you have complete empathy and commitment to these characters. And then a moment later it's like what the fuck dude you yeah. seriously did that and it it goes back and forth and it really toys with your trust in mm-hmm. a way in a in a good way you know not like in a way that you would want to turn the movie off but the performances are top notch and well and I, I think that the idea I, of like your trust is just betrayed through this movie mm-hmm. where it's just like well that's exactly how these parents feel yeah, that's exactly how this whole school district feels, you know, about these administrators. Yeah, sorry, Oscar's going to jump over a cable, so uh, I wanted to give you a heads up. Okay, um, but then again, it, it's it's almost like um, at at the end, I really felt bad for him, <laughs> just yeah, because there too. there was a scene, and I don't know if we should give a lot of, away in this, but. Um, no, we don't have to. I mean, the problem is, is oh, they're all such likable characters. Mm-hmm. Like even Alice and Janney's character, I I liked. Yeah, you know, and it's like, I think they did a good job of of show, of even the most, even the characters that were the least redeemable, mm-hmm. had these really genuine moments where it was like you understood why they did it. Yeah, and or why you know why they did what they did and you can see yourself in their position. Like you may not, you may not have made those same choices just for fear of repercussion or, or, you know, your own moral code or whatever, but you can, you can see the desperation. You can see the, you know, just wanting to give your family a better life, whatever that means, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever the consequences of that are. Yeah. And just how devastating and destructive that mentality can be. Right. Right. Um, Overall, I mean, it it really casts a a pretty um, not disappointing, but just a, a very sobering look at the pressure that everyone's under to uphold that yeah. that search or that pursuit. And I really enjoyed it. I mean, it's it's kind of funny at times. Like it has it was. some some mm-hmm. really like interesting funny moments. And uh, I like that Ray Romano had a little bit. I I think they cast he him was, really well in that. Yeah, he was he was pretty um, prominent. Yeah. He played one of the board members, right? He was like the president or the something. president he was, of the he board. He was like Hugh Jackman's the, boss. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I also thought it was interesting to see sort of the ugly parts of education, sort of the ugly administrative parts of it. Mm-hmm. Like when he when Hugh Jackman's character has to like rub elbows with like wealthy yeah. whether yeah. they were parents or board members, I don't know. Probably right. both. And, you know, them saying things like you know, they were a little racist and like, you know, <laughs> certain people move into the neighborhood and the school district goes to, you know, like yeah. home yeah. prices and just right. all this stuff that factors into how desirable a neighborhood is to live. Right. You know, and and that's a good point that they made, too, in, in terms of kind of weighing the scandal, the school board thinking whether um, this would affect real estate. And that's right. when you kind of find the correlation or you start seeing how interconnected these things are is education for sure is at the core of the value of the community. And they're looking at it in terms of the financial repercussions of the whole city, Mm -hmm. not just, you know, your kid's education, but it comes down to money, you know, at the end of the day. Um, There's also the character of of Rachel, who's the, um, she's a student journalist. Right. And um, she's, slowly realizing that there's something funny going on in these accounting records Mm. and you know she's like 16 or something you know she's just a high school journalist but i thought her character was really was really compelling and Mm -hmm. and um her relationship with her dad was um sort of a nice backdrop to her character and yeah i don't know i thought she was a really compelling they they did that very well Mm -hmm. yeah um, but all of the all of these characters are just very human, mm-hmm. very human and well developed characters that you could really um, that that you could be okay following. Whether they did good things or bad things, you were kind of just wanting to hoping that things would would go well. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of the the way that the setup happens is that you get really really likable folks at the beginning, and after you see them kind of stomping on their own tail, it's it's like. I really hope this turns out for you. And when, you know, the situation changes at the end, it's like, uh, you yeah. know, you, you're, you're kind of like wishing that they had done the right thing. Yeah. The reveals in the movie are really well crafted. Mm-hmm. Like it's, you know, it's sort of like, um, I was kind of comparing it in my head to like a really good Stephen King novel mm. because he reveals things in such a way that is, I don't know, it's very like masterful mm-hmm. the way that the the story unfolded. Yeah, and they're driven by these character actions, so they're they're not contrived, mm-hmm. you know, um, sweeping like uh, thematic reveals. They're yeah. character reveals, mm-hmm. and they're led by by their own choices. And I, I was just really taken with again the performances because they sold this really well and i i told you when we initially saw the the titles at the beginning like based on a true story this is like this should actually happen mm-hmm. um a lot of that you know could go south kind of quickly because then it could become a melodrama or it could become something that isn't as grounded as what we got but that's a testament to the performers mm-hmm. who i mean in particular hugh jackman just fucking wowed yeah. me with with that performance yeah um and allison janney who is great in everything yeah. she does um they're so truthful mm-hmm. in in those moments of panic or you know like 
when they're about to make those stupid choices, you're just like, I'm, I'm with you. I believe you a hundred percent because it's in your eyes. It's in, you know, like the truth is there and you're presenting it truthfully, uh, or honestly, I should say. Um, but if somebody told me that this is something that actually happened, I almost wouldn't believe them. Yeah. Because it's, it's so <laughs> outrageous. You, you don't think that it it's, um, it's something that could be possible, like that much story into like a scenario like that. But life surprises me every single time. Yeah. Just when you think you've seen something out of the blue, this <laughs> is definitely a, a surprise. Fiction is can never be quite as outrageous as reality. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I highly recommend it. What about you? Yeah, it's you got to get a hold of it somehow, even if you don't have HBO. <laughs> Ask your friends. <laughs> Ask your folks with connections to uh, let you watch this movie because it's very much worth it and hopefully it'll make you get involved in your school district's uh financials uh i think it's that public we record we <laughs> <laughs> as you will find in the yeah. film um we could all benefit from being more active in the way that our monies are distributed in the school districts just to be aware it's important for us uh to be a part of the community and and by doing so i think we just need to be a little bit more aware of how your school's district's finances are going mm. or where they're allocating that stuff. Uh, just because you never know. I mean, you kind of want to be in the know. Yeah. Right? Because it's your tax money. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. Although having just looked at our own district budget, I was pretty overwhelmed. <laughs> but <laughs> if a high school journalists can do it then so should i right right it inspires you though it it's just makes you uh think about the things that you should be aware of and oscar just won't get off of me here this is very curious about everything we're yeah. doing down here yeah so uh let's uh finalize that one with a tink because i think that it was a very worthy film yeah so here's a tink for Bad education. Let's go. So from one serious thing to another horrifyingly serious thing, uh, let's talk about politics for a split second because we can't avoid it. I try. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you've been uh, listening to NPR a lot more than me. I've completely disconnected uh, because I don't want to suffer a depressive episode. Mm-hmm. What's going on and what is uh, on your mind? What's bugging you right now that you've listened to recently? Um, I mean, it's the elections in a week. Um, I just, I've already voted. So that right. part's sort of done for me. Mm -hmm. Now it's just sort of trying not to worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Um. I think what, what concerns me right now is the idea that just because we don't have a result on election night does not mean that there's some sort of fraudulent thing happening. Okay. Like this isn't, um, what I'm concerned about is that just because we don't have a result, people are going to lose their goddamn minds. And that, and that's simply because they don't understand how elections work. Yeah, but you, 
this is the the thing that we've been coming to over and over again and why we've we've kind of been in the middle of um a somewhat stressful month because the moment we dropped off our ballots and this was almost a month ago wasn't it when mm-hmm. we got the the ballots taken care of it felt like this was inevitably going to paint uh, a picture of division and and those folks who are um stoking the fires of a conspiracy theory uh it's really just planting a seed of doubt for people who have no awareness of how the political or how the voting system works with the mail-in ballots and i think that that we should be legitimately concerned because nobody will be happy with the results i mean i i legit believe that no matter what happens when the results finally come in. But there's a difference between being happy with the results and trusting the results. Okay, that's different. Sure, sure. And I think that's what I meant. Yeah. And I so. think that, you know, understand I think so I've been on I've been off Facebook for I don't know, two months or something. This is legitimately almost got me to get back on because I felt the really the need to share that specific fact. Yeah. And NPR released a really great like two minute video about election day and why we won't have the results yeah. that night. And to be honest, we've never had the results that night. All we get on election day are projections. Right. Okay. That's, that's what you get from the networks. That's what you get from, press organizations yeah but what i i think we've just gotten used to seeing that image or the graphics on nbc or or fox or whatever it is that you're watching yeah, but that's, that's my point and though, that's yeah exactly. is that's not the same thing yeah so that's kind of why I, and it, it doesn't matter because it's not going to do any goddamn good <laughs> but i just want people to understand because that was meaningful to me to see someone explain like look just because we don't know who won on election night doesn't mean democracy is over. Yeah. Okay. It just means they're counting shit. Right. And there are different laws in different states about um, when they. <sighs> oh. Oscar. Take that mouse Fuck. away from him. <laughs> Oscar pulled our headphones out of the jack. Okay. So what I was saying was. If we don't have the election results that night, democracy is not over. They're just counting. And there are different rules in each in different states about when they can start counting and how long after election day they can they can accept ballots. Some states it's oh, my God. He's going to push that TV over. He's getting down. He's He's getting down. So there's some states that they'll like they'll accept ballots three days after election day. Or the ballot has to be postmarked by voting day, by election day. Um, and so there are different law. You can look up what the law in your state is. Um, our ballots in Wyoming have to be postmarked by election day, I believe. And they only get... They can only start counting on election day. So they can't count before. They can't start counting like the week before or whatever. Which to me seems silly that you wouldn't start counting before, but that's just me. Um, 
So I just wish and I hope that people don't freak out. And I mean, people are going to freak out. It's just there's no way around it. But um, so anyway, that's a concern of mine. Um, the other concern was the Supreme Court, but that's that's done been done. So it's a, it's a done really, deal. Can't really worry about that anymore. Amy Coney Barrett became a Supreme Court justice yesterday or today so, or something. Let's talk this through. Let's talk about how to overcome this emotionally because i think a a lot of our liberal or progressive friends are just kind of stuck in this just maelstrom of uh living in those moments living in those images that are just so disheartening to a lot of us right now especially in the last couple of months um where we may not see an end in sight what do you think we need to do to just let this problem go for a moment to take a, a moment to breathe. I mean, is that something that we can even do right now? Um, being off social media helps. Mm -hmm. um, limiting the amount of news you read helps. But if you're like me, not reading the news doesn't feel like an option. Um, because you have to stay informed because you just have no, to know? No, because it freaks me out not to know. Mm. Like, I don't want something to happen and I don't know. But is there a healthy balance? Sure. You don't look at it 24-7 and you do not look at Facebook and see what your stupid friends are saying about it. <laughs> so just have your own opinions about it. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm trying not to dwell on things. And I feel like I'm doing a fairly good job. But that's the... I'm I'm more I'm most I'm less concerned about the results of the election and I feel more concerned about the reaction to the election. Mm. Um because I feel like either way it's going to be bad. Yeah, and this is my prediction. I'll just throw it out there for you. I think that definitively on the night they're going to say Trump is leading. Like I don't think that's going to be the case. I mean, worst case scenario. This no, is, I think this it's going to. I think it's going to be flipped. But I'm, I'm thinking. What do you mean? Continue. And I'll well, explain what, my. Thought what I would say is, that, is that because people are going to be voting in person, a majority of them are going to be folks who are not afraid to vote. You know, in in person because maybe they don't believe in COVID. Maybe they're oh, you're right. more conservative. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're going to see. The, what they would call the red wave in person right right, right. right? Mm -hmm. whereas a lot of the blue states are going to be mail-in ballots so i think a lot of folks are going to be expecting that sea change to happen on election night but i i firmly believe that it's going to be very very close until they get all the ballots yeah and then they're gonna they're gonna find out that it's you know knock on wood that biden and, and harris win eventually and that's what's going to incite the civil war that will be coming in the next you know couple of weeks mm. so this is my dark theory this is what i almost legitimately believe will happen um but i think i'm i'm insane and i haven't been watching the news for a while so i'm probably off the mark yeah no i don't think civil war is gonna happen but i do think that um I do think that if Biden wins, Trump's going to contest it. 
Oh, yeah. And he's going to yeah. take it to the Supreme Court, and there's a good chance he'll win. Yeah. And that, um, you know, I know a lot of liberals feel like the 2000 election was taken from them because the Supreme Court ruled in favor of Bush. Mm-hmm. But I think this, if this happens this time around, it's going to be even more egregious. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and I, I think that's another concerning issue that I've thought a lot about is this fundamental tenant of democracy of the peaceful transition of power. And there's a possibility that could not happen. Yeah, I mean, and that's we're, we're really that's extremely troubling to me. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, maybe that's a little alarmist, but I do think that it's more damaging. the The most damaging thing about all of this is the lack of trust, the lack of yeah of people believing in our system which is it's this it's the beginning of the crumbling of our republic i mean that that's and that's a that's a bedrock issue yeah but at the same time you know a lot of folks say yeah that democracy is is built on these wonderful institutions that were um very expertly crafted by the founding fathers and the constitution and all this and that and the 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 sacred quality of these these things right but at the end of the day it comes down to a gentleman's agreement quote unquote or a handshake that they're going to do the right thing that they're going to follow the instructions in these documents even if they interpret differently there there's a basic fundamental handshake that is taken by these people to follow these agreements that are set in the constitution and in our democracy, right? But we are being shown right now that that essentially is is up in the air because one person chose not to do that, mm-hmm. at least publicly. I mean, we don't know what the hell is happening behind closed doors, but you know, at least from what we can tell, how is this is this individual not impeached? You know, because of one or too many things. What whatever it's been in the past, there were in my thinking, several reasons for this person to to have been impeached for breaking the law, or at least that oath, that agreement, whatever we want to call it. Um, there's a lot of circumstances where you say that behavior was below what the White House or, or the office of the president is supposed to be. And all of that, I mean, what, what happened? What, what is the aftermath of this? Mm-hmm. Nothing. Like, nothing happens. So, is it really as strong as or as infallible as we thought it was? Well, I don't think infallible is the word I would use, but I think definitely um, there are, you're right, it's more of an agreement, but it's a civilized agreement that this is how this works, Yeah, and it's worked that way for 250 years, and if it doesn't work that way, this ends. So and, and you're spot on, but the the idea here is that how can one person negate all of this? Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's not just one person's doing. I mean, because the president is is fucking shit up left and right. But 
it is the folks in that arena who have the power, who have the wherewithal to set their party aside and go, that's wrong. You need to step down or we won't support you anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's not what's happening. I mean, these, these people who are, um, backing him up in a, in a way are facilitating that, uh, that behavior. Mm -hmm. And I mean, if, if we had a functioning Senate, a functioning house, you know, or, or all these things, maybe it could be, it could be different. And maybe we would have, we would have been able to impeach him or, you know, remove him from office. But I feel disillusioned in the system, Mm -hmm. in essence. Yeah. So, I mean, we just, we just need middle ground of some kind, Mm -hmm. you know? We couldn't even get the goddamn stimulus bill passed, and there were like four versions of it. So we're going to end up trillions of dollars in debt anyway, but the American people didn't get help. Yeah. And that's the fucked up thing mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Yeah. So uh, this is a fucking bummer, and I <laughs> hate it. This is the first time we really talked politics in a long while. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt like when we cast our vote, we were like, okay, let's take a break from this and not really think about it and process something else. And now I, all these emotions have come back and mm-hmm. uh, I'm just tired. <laughs> I'm just incredibly exhausted. Well, everyone keeps saying like, oh, the election's like a week away. And I'm like, yeah, but this isn't going to just go away. <laughs> None of this is just going to go After away. After the election, is, I mean, it's just going to get worse, probably. Like, it's just going to get more <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, because, you know, even if there is a transition of power at the beginning of 2021, he still got two months to just fuck shit up. Well, I mean, and even if, I guess what you can hope for is a landslide, which would completely negate the the ability for him to contest it. Right. Because if it's a landslide, it's clear. Yeah. But if it's close, like all the polls are indicating, it could be, there could be issues. Yeah. So... So, uh, we shall see what happens. We're not going to tink to that because it's, no. it's, uh, in poor taste. Uh, but I'm, I'm hoping for the best secretly, uh, whatever that is, <laughs> whatever it is. I, I just, I hope to be wrong. I hope that my civil war scenario is way off base. I hope that I'm just far up my ass right now that I can't see the truth about what the American people are like. You need to get off Reddit. Ah, mm-hmm. there, there it is. Mm-hmm. There it is. You know, that, that's something that we could talk about. I mean, I've mostly eliminated Facebook, but I've realized that unlike you, I mean, you're able to separate from social media pretty easily and I'm having a hell of a time. I'm like a crack addict to social media. Well, I just think, it, I think Reddit specifically uh <laughs> it just it breeds like uh, i just think there's discontent. a there's a lot of um extreme opinions on reddit and yeah but i i try not i try not to go into i mean the, i'm not saying you're like getting radicalized no, i just mean, I mean like I, I just feel like a lot of conspiracy theories get a lot of fuel on the reddit. attraction yeah but i i don't really frequent the politics uh subreddits <laughs> i'm really just there for soccer or uh let's see like soccer cute, cute cats soccer uh cats or or notebooks uh <laughs> video stuff maybe like video production stuff um and to share the podcast every now and then 
um but it, it's a black hole i mean it could really suck you in and, and radicalize you real quick you just uh, <laughs> got to have a good head on your shoulders like this guy and you'll be fine mm -hmm. but i i think i'm seriously addicted to social media mm. um and i'm not like scratching or itching you know but like i have i don't have the apps on my phone except for instagram because i'm sharing a couple of things and i still go to like what is it uh google chrome on my phone and i log in even though i've logged out to see an update and then i have to log out to see an update on what i don't i fucking know nobody oh, nobody's I like thought, messaging i me. thought like, you no. meant like you for your updates like your you know blog or whatever uh well i would do that except that like uh it, it's like nothing's happening mm -hmm. you know i'm gone for two hours like nobody gives a shit mm -hmm. nobody noticed no and that's the the biggest wake up call is is like you got to let this go man because nobody is people are busy living their lives and doing what they got to do and it's best that we focus on you know self-preservation well, a little bit they're busy living their lives and scrolling past anything you post uh, yeah that's, 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 that's what's true. happening because oh, they're that, on they're yeah. on facebook a lot they're just not engaging with anything which is most yeah, people yeah and that's that's all of us i mean mm -hmm. i'm um and that's another thing is is like i've noticed a deterioration in my relationships because of social media mm -hmm. you know i don't talk to anyone because it's it's like you feel your your social skills are atrophied because of the lack of actual communication you know aside from maybe one or two things it's like what do you what do you really have in yeah but i would people? say when you actually reach out to people that you want to talk to there's no atrophying of that relationship sure sure it's absolutely. the people that you haven't talked to in 15 years yeah, yeah. those relationships have atrophied a lot because you're not <laughs> communicating and right. you shouldn't be no one's in touch with people that they went to high school with like at least not well, like the, not the acquaintances yeah you know like that's true um but it, it's just a, a um like a fun house of mirrors and everything is distorted everything is weird and mm -hmm. um you want things to make sense you want things to desperately make sense but in that framework in that world of social social media it's never going to make sense it's always just going to be heightened uh drama and and emotions flaring all the time and never being able to catch a break so it's best to step away for a little bit and i think that um unpublishing my my blog page on facebook is going to do me a lot of good because i was hoping to just share more stuff on there um but in all reality you know like i was saying i wasn't really doing much there to begin with i didn't have a lot of like interaction on that part of it so by taking it down it's one less thing for me to look at and that way you know i'll kind of minimize my social media intake i don't know we'll see we shall see what happens, but I'm not going to think to that either. <laughs> so you want to talk about something pleasant, something mm, fun? Yeah. Okay. Before we go. Yeah. Let's talk about a throwback, something that really made us feel good. Um, the classic, classic film, The Mighty Ducks was on the docket in the household and we got to watch it with our son this week. And I had a lot of emotions. I had a lot of wonderful feelings uh just flashbacking through my you know my my brain and i i want to let you begin but i have a lot of mixed 
not mixed, but I have a lot of wonderful emotions. I actually think you should start this one because to be honest, I don't think I watched this movie that much. Really? I don't remember it well. So I don't. That is crazy. I don't think we watched it a lot. I think maybe there's a possibility that we watched the second one more, Mm. but I don't remember that one either. So we might watch that one and see how I feel about it. It's it's one of those films that kind of faded with time for me, where I didn't really associate my childhood with it as much as um, as other people. And when uh, my family moved to to the U.S. again, we came to Wyoming and I had to learn English. I had to really be in that mindset of just like, I got to communicate. If not, nothing's going to happen. I'm just going to be, you know, like that kid in, uh, in the who, you know, in, in Tommy, uh, who was deaf, dumb and blind and couldn't do nothing. Oh, uh, that's kind of what I, what I felt like. But anyway, watching movies was an awakening for me. It was an ability to learn how language worked in, in real time. And I learned a lot of, a lot of great things about cadence about uh meaning sarcasm and all these awesome things from these characters and one of the movies that really made a huge difference on me was the mighty ducks because as i started watching it the other day with you guys it's like those phrases i remembered phrases or certain things that he said to the kids and i'm like holy shit that was the first time i heard that and i understood it Mm. that was the first time that i had context for 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 words for the the English language and it was kind of cool to see it because it felt like a repressed memory that I had never accessed or hadn't accessed in in probably about 20 years and now here I am looking at it and going like this movie was just had a tremendous impact on me because I learned a lot about um just the way language worked the English language uh so watching it especially with with you and our son was really special was really awesome and i really wanted to finish it like when he went to bed and we only had like 30 minutes like left i was like fuck <laughs> i really want to finish it because i i couldn't even remember what happened but it's almost like it was unfolding as i as we were watching it like it came to life for me again it was really cool mm-hmm. uh so our son loved it yeah he, he had a he had a great time he was into it but i'll let you talk now <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like it's a great movie. Like I um I didn't remember much about it, but it holds up. And Emilio Estevez is like peak, you know, like this yeah. is his peak. Right. And uh like the eighties and early nineties. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, like oh we were both uh kind of sad to see Goldberg because that kid is Aww. That kid has gone through a lot while well, he's in a grown he's been ass man some now. Shit, man. Um, like he's like in prison for like meth. Or he was something. in rehab. Yeah, or like he it's is a lot. Rehab, but we were um, just like, God, like how many of these child actors ended up like on drugs or they really get a raw deal. Yeah. Um going back to you know But the, um, another one that was in there was Joshua Jackson, who's it was before he was su- he was super young. It was yeah. like way before Dawson's Creek. <laughs> But you, <laughs> Jesse Smollett, wasn't it too? Oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot which one he was. Yeah, I was like, so. yeah, you know, the industry fucked him up too, I guess. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it was funny because I was watching Prometheus, or no, he was in Covenant, Alien Covenant. Jesse Smollett. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, he had a maybe that's role why he did that. He's fucked up from being a child actor. Well, yeah, I, I it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, mm. the 
the amount of stress mm-hmm. uh, and the surreal nature of that lifestyle yeah. for a kid who's just developing. And the Mighty Ducks was huge. That movie was big. It was a big and to say, movie. hey, I was one of the kids, yeah. everyone losing their shit well, everywhere then, you go. Yeah, and then they, the kid actors have that problem of like, you're not cute anymore, and so no one wants to cast you. So you get cast aside. Yeah, Sorry, and nobody and nobody wants to yeah, nobody wants to hire you anymore and that's hard for a lot of kids. Yeah. Uh so, you know, I'm curious to see what happened with the other kids. Uh if they're actually still alive or <laughs> if they <laughs> I recognized one of the kids, the bigger kid, he was in heavyweights too. Oh, yeah. 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 But um yeah, it's a cute movie. It's a great movie. It still holds up and now we have to watch there's two sequels. There's, yeah. Two or three sequels, yeah. so of our work cut out for us but i'm excited and i'm really happy that uh emilio estevez was was a lead in that movie because and then he kept his yeah he kept his name yeah and and that's when you you look at something like that you don't think it has a lot of um you know meaning or or importance but you look at that and like that's a latino name Mm -hmm. that's that's a big deal you know to see back in the day And, and and then you realize especially now in this day and age or maybe just being an adult how big of a risk it was for him to go by his yeah his given name his given name yeah yeah because i didn't realize and you told me this that see what i thought was that he changed his name Mm. to something different from the sheens but you were like no 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 the sheens are the ones that changed that anglicized their names yeah charlie uh do you know what martin martin sheen so it was estevez yeah was their last name yeah and and his name is uh martin or arthur or arturo or something Mm. like super super like hispanic yeah um i mean i mean i know this isn't it's not right but martin sheen is much older and i can understand that back in his well, that's, day that's a thing he had to yeah. make compromises he had to try to do something yeah. to get cast and and i think they told him maybe an agent said listen man you're you're not gonna you you're sound not gonna foreign get, yeah you're not gonna get work if you if you use your yeah. your real name that's a bummer you know um and there were very few people who actually did i mean um and this is further back but um uh there was a well you know there's been a lot of different actors mm-hmm. over over the the lifetime of a film that had yeah. to change their names um but i'm really happy that uh that emilio kept his mm-hmm. his name yeah it means a lot i think yeah um but the film is like overall it's like super enjoyable and i i love the sport sports movies that deal with the kids trying to overcome something i was thinking about that we kind of had a lot of those growing up and i watched like all of them like (laughs) and i'm not like a sports person but like my family always watched those you know Mm -hmm. like remember the titans like that's another one that i think we should watch and like there's a lot of good ones. Right, right. Um but uh we we watched uh the big green too. That was, that's that a was good another one. big one. I like that one. Um The Sandlot's a good the one. The Sandlot was was another good one. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe the nineties was just like the the perfect It was a sweet spot. Yeah, mm-hmm. the perfect time period for those movies to to really thrive. But you realize that like the fashion is always something that never uh ages well. Yeah, never ages well, you know. I love those old 90s suits because like Emilio Estevez's character is a lawyer. Yeah. 
And so they're just like, they're like upside down triangle shaped because they're like wearing shoulder pads. Yeah, yeah. It's very uh, shoulder centric. Yeah. After the last dance too, like you're looking at those or those were like hyper 90s. Those were mid 90s ones where they got really big. Yeah. You said you didn't like them. No. Early 90s. No, like I don't like them. Like they look very dated, but it's it's (laughs) funny to see the, particularly in men's suits, like how, uh, how the shape has changed. Right. Right. They're just oversized and <laughs> yikes. Well, you know, I uh, maybe I, I could pull one of those off one day. We'll see. <laughs> if I got some extra change to spare. Yeah. So uh, check it out, folks. If you get a chance, uh, Mighty Ducks, go have a flashback on your flashback Thursday or flashback Friday, whatever the hell you. Uh, all the Mighty Ducks movies are on Disney+. Disney+. Plus. And like all of those movies are on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Big yeah. Green, Sandlot, all of them. So, uh, yeah, we shall uh, try to watch something new now that we got HBO Max. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Austin, once again. And we will get back to you, see if there's something good that uh, draws our attention. Oh, Sam and Austin told us to watch Raised by Wolves. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to be some next level Ridley Scott shit, which I'm really excited about. It's going to be great. Yeah. I've been watching way too many Ridley Scott YouTube (laughs) videos after you've had a run uh, yeah i mean he's lately. he's the shit man he's he's given us some incredible movies so you just have to go through a, a spell of them but anyway uh we're gonna stop recording because uh we're old and we gotta go to bed but we love you guys uh let us know how you're doing we have a contact email uh our kids asleep at gmail.com subscribe rate and review the podcast help us out help a brother out or just listen. That's or, fine, too. Or just... I get nice messages when we put one out. I'm like, hey, listen <laughs> to your pod today. Well, we appreciate it, guys. Uh, be well, and talk to you all real soon. Bye, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.